Hello and welcome to Pocket Thoughts. We've got a jam-packed episode for you guys with a lot of helpful information. On today's episode, we ask ourselves, can entrepreneurship be learned? We all have different opinions on this and talk about things such as commitment, having a growth mindset, and a great discussion on observing the masses and doing the opposite, and much, much more. Thank you all for taking time to listen to this. I hope you all get something out of it, because at the end of the day, that is our goal, to impact at least one person with the content we provide. Check us out on social media by searching Educating Entrepreneurs. Enjoy the show, and have a great day. everyone i'm brandon this is gonna be a great show <laughs> is anyone jo- else on joey i'm gonna tell you something right now and i hope you're listening entrepreneurship can be learned would you guys agree or would you guys disagree i'd agree how so i think it can be learned man I thought about this just don't agree with me i want to hear why that's the question <laughs> <laughs> I said, wouldn't you guys agree? Because I clearly thought it. So, gotcha. So, so you want me to just, Bobby? You want me to jump in? I I would love for you to jump right in. You want me to start, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, you know, <laughs> so that's a really interesting question, Brandon. I'm really proud of you bringing that up. Thank it's you. original thought. That's really exciting. I was just thinking about how I've met a lot of millionaires, a lot of centimillionaires, even a couple of billionaires that have all started companies. So they've all be, they'd all be considered insanely successful entrepreneurs. And because I didn't meet them until later in their lives, kind of after they were successful, it took me some time or it took me a few times to realize something completely and so blatantly obvious that they weren't born entrepreneurs. And the reason why it took me so long is because you know, when one of these guys or gals have made millions and millions of dollars through building a company, you forget that they had other careers prior to entrepreneurship. A lot of them used to be like investment bankers or whatever else they might have been. But I don't know. I think a lot of them are different from a lot of us now, but they weren't always. I think a lot of them had the same high school and college stories that, I don't know, you, me, Brady, whoever, all had. But something kind of changed at one point for them. I think they learned how to become successful entrepreneurs. I think it leads us to an important truth. If these individuals that were just normal human beings can do it, we can do it. Anyone in our audience can do it. We all hear the stories of successful entrepreneurs But the thing is, I feel like we hear the extreme stories of the people that run lemonade stands or started developing software at the age of 10 or how, you know, you always hear that psychologists have done experiments on children, you know, the marshmallow test that talks about, you know, toddlers future chances of success based on if they can wait 20 minutes to eat a marshmallow or not. 
And if they can wait, then, well, really, you're going to be a good entrepreneur. You're going to be a good business person. Thing is, I the more I thought about it and the more I looked through my notes and just my time as an entrepreneur, I think that's bull crap because I thought about myself in middle school, and I don't know if you guys really knew this or not, but in middle school, early middle school, I was getting like B's, C's, and D's, and actually, I was doing so poorly that my dad thought I had a learning disability and sent me to Huntington Learning Center after school, so he made sure he knew I didn't have a learning disability. So... At that point, if anyone looked at me, they would assume from that snippet of my life that I had no chance of focusing or building a company. There's no chance. I didn't have the motivation to finish my homework, let alone the motivation to build a company that would take years and years and years. And now looking back at it, none of that really mattered. That was just a stepping stone and something happened in college where I took that next step and now it's hard for me to quit working on a business. It's hard for me to quit focusing on entrepreneurship. So I want to provide one simple comment before I move on. I guess the most successful entrepreneurs, I believe, are not predestined to become ultra successful. Yes, I think all of them had some sort of ambition. I think they all attempted to be admirable in some type of thing. Um, but I think they still, I think each of them still had to work step by step, some forward, some back, and they all had to learn along the way. I wanted to look into Harvard Business School because I think that's a really good example of if entrepreneurship can be learned. Because why would they teach it in all of these insane schools if it can't be learned, if it's something that's in your DNA? I took some online Harvard entrepreneurship courses, which was really lucky. And they kind of taught a core belief when you first started. They said, entrepreneurship can be taught and it can be learned. Like, that's how they started their first course. Harvard actually sees entrepreneurship not so much as a set of skills, but as a process. They see it as a belief. They see it as a commitment. Skills are still super important, and we all know this because we're all working with skills in different fields. After all, when you think about entrepreneurship, you need the skills that come along with funding or man like managing your venture, but skills are also a commodity. So when you think about skills, you can go out and you can find that MBA. Like if I have a problem with accounting, I can go and hire Joey, even though I don't have the accounting skills. If I need consulting, I can go hire Brady. If I need someone to deliver some some packages for me, I can hire Brandon. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brandon, I'm kidding. Um, I would like to... Uh, is he working at UPS? <laughs> I'd like to say I'm not a UPS driver or anything like that. I work for a very successful third-party logistics company. Yes, thank um, you, Brandon. I do not um, packages. <laughs> but anyway, skills are a commodity. And if you really, really need something in entrepreneurship... You could go hire an MBA. It's kind of that simple. And the weird thing is, when you really think about it, the essence of entrepreneurial success seems to come from, I would say, a lot of the intangibles. I, I kind of think a good entrepreneur, when I listen to these millionaires, centimillionaires, billionaires, I think their intangibles are courage, character, faith. 
I mean, when you really think about it, I think the thing that makes entrepreneurship unique, and I think we've touched on another podcast, is just the fact that, you know, you can't really create a stable definition of it because nobody actually knows what it is. And I really brought up HBS or Harvard Business School because they started one of the first entrepreneurship programs in the 1980s. And it was mainly because they found that half of their graduates claimed to be entrepreneurs within 15 years of graduation. And what shocked them even more than that was entrepreneurs tended to be happier, they tended to be healthier, and they tended to have, or they tended to be less likely to divorce than their other classmates that were at large firms. And for the most part, these entrepreneurs never wanted to retire. So after all that information, HBS decided to create an entrepreneurship program that focused on five sections, five sections that they believe could be learned and taught. These sections were evaluating the opportunity, assessing the required resources, acquiring the resources, managing the venture, and harvesting the value. And so with those five sections in mind, entrepreneurship at HBS actually grew to be one of their most important schools, which is proof that it can be learned. So the very last thing that I think is worth pointing out, and just because I'm kind of rambling about a few couple things that I'm just hoping our audience can take in and understand, I just forces you to believe that entrepreneurship can be learned. I wanted to make the point that entrepreneurship can be learned because it can be learned if you start down the path without the ambition just to make money. And that's where I think you can learn entrepreneurship. I think our society needs entrepreneurs. We need thinkers. We need tinkers. We need risk takers. We need builders. And I think we really need just ambitious people who put themselves on the line to build companies and add value. Creating the same products and services over and over just won't lead us anywhere. At least in my opinion, it won't. And I think successful entrepreneurs get to, I don't know, display this audacity of taking on a challenge on a daily basis. So I think it really comes down to three questions if you want to learn entrepreneurship. I think it comes down to, you need to look at those successful entrepreneurs and ask, what made those successful entrepreneurs decide to become entrepreneurs? What lessons did they learn as they launched and built their companies? And the third question is, how can we make the best of those lessons? So I sat down and I, you guys saw my text. I text you what I kind of wanted the next topics to be over the next couple of podcasts. I sat down and I thought about my own personal lessons and stuff I've learned from mentors, notes I've taken from books. And I actually reached out to a couple of entrepreneurs as well. And I kind of believe that Anyone can become an entrepreneur or learn to become an entrepreneur if they master 10 rules. And these are the 10 rules that I'd like us to go into in the next couple podcasts. But these 10 rules would be make the commitment, find a problem and solve it. Think big, think new, think again. You can't do it alone. You have to do it alone. You have to manage risks, learn to lead, learn to sell, persist, and then play the game for life. I think those are the 10 things you can learn and you can commit to, to become an entrepreneur. And I guess just before I finish, I think just 
that number one point, which I hope we can touch on next week, the commitment. I think to learn to be an entrepreneur, it really just comes down to you have to live by a simple truth. You have to go all in. You have to throw everything at this entrepreneurship thing. And you have to commit to realizing your dreams and building a company. And I think entrepreneurship is kind of the term is superficial. But when you look at it, the commitment is what allows you to learn it. I think there's a lot of different ways that we can go from that. Um, I think there's, there, I think just in what you said um, could be unpacked into multiple different either episodes or like ideas, concepts. Because I think there is a lot more there than can entrepreneurship be learned. The one thing that I did really like, and I, I don't know if this is entrepreneurship or just life in general, but your like point about intangibles. I think we we don't put enough emphasis on intangibles in both being able to develop those and being able to utilize those for success. You don't always have to have like a specific skill set or things like that. Like the intangibles can get people very very far. Um, and I think a lot of times we undervalue those. So, um, I think that's duly noted. And I, I agree with that part. Um, so kind of from what I had, I had three, just like bullet points really quickly. And I agree that I think entrepreneurship can be learned. I don't think I probably, I don't know if I would agree with that like three or five years ago, but after you see it more, I, I would stand on that side of the fence and say that I definitely think that entrepreneurship can be learned. And I, I think a lot of it is not so much like how skilled you are, but how comfortable you are with certain things. And I think these are sort of intangibles. And I think one of them is being comfortable, like being out on that edge, like you talked about, like we need people that are going to be like designers, thinkers that are going to go out and test these things and try new things. And with that comes like the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, the fear of being like outcast in a sense. And I think if you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to be comfortable with doing that. You have to be comfortable walking that line um, and I don't think everybody is, even for me personally, like, I, I think it's tough to fully immerse yourself and say like, yes, I'll take the flack that comes with this. Like I'll, I'll take like any backlash from like a product or a service or whatever, because like, I want to do something new. I want to do something to help people. Whereas like you could just go do whatever, get a standard job, kind of fit in and fly under the radar. You're usually not going to get that um, same amount of kind of um, backlash. So being comfortable with those things and walking that line, like Bobby was saying, um, I think it's one huge part to like learning entrepreneurship is making yourself comfortable in those situations. And I think you can make yourself comfortable in those situations in a lot of different ways. And I don't think it has to be just in entrepreneurship, like just trying new things, testing new things, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations in any setting, I think will help because it's one of those things that translates um, from business to social and, and what have you. Um, so that was the first point I had. The second one was being able to have like a growth mindset. And I, I know I've touched on this before, but I think you have to believe that you can learn it. Otherwise it's not going to work. Like if you don't think that whatever skills or gaps that you have, if you don't think that you can build those on your own, then it's never going to work because like, if you don't believe, if you don't believe in yourself or your product or your service, nobody else is going to. So the first thing you have to do is be able to buy in and know that you can grow that and not just say like, wherever I am now, if there's any like gaps or things I'm missing, I'm going to fill in other people. Like, yes, there's a time and place for that, but you also have to know that you can, um, you have the ability to develop those skills, develop yourself and kind of become whatever it is that you need to become or want to become for entrepreneurship. Um, and the last one, I, I don't think this is truly just entrepreneurship. I think this is in general, but I think a lot of people have fear of the unknown. And I think that's a lot of what entrepreneurship brings with it. Like, 
where is my salary coming from? Um, how am I going to get this done? Like, how am I going to get from point A to point D? Like in a lot of jobs and a lot of settings and even through school, I think we have like a very laid out, like you take these classes and like, you want to get this major, this is exactly how you do it. And if you want to get to consulting, this is how you do it. If you want to become an analyst, this is how you do it. Um, and it's all very stepwise process. And once you jump into entrepreneurship, I think a lot of that goes out the window and people start to get scared of like, well, I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't know what's on the other side of jumping in and it could be failure. It could be like great successes. But the problem is I think people are scared of that unknown and jumping into that unknown. Um, this is something that I, I definitely struggled with um, just like throughout on like entrepreneurship, whatever in my life. And I think it it's, it's tough to stand there and say like, I don't know what's going to happen next. Like I could take path a, know exactly how it's going to go, be nice, comfortable, nice and safe. Or I could go do entrepreneurship or this other journey where I'm not really sure how it's going to turn out. I don't know if it's going to be successful. I don't know if it's going to work out for me. But like, I think those are the areas where you grow. And that, those are the areas where people actually hit like hit their stride and hit the places where they're most happy rather than just gliding along and saying like, I know exactly what's going to happen. I don't have to worry about failure or anything like that. So I think like one and three go very close together is being comfortable with that failure and like being able to jump in with that fear of the unknown, not knowing what's coming next, but being able to deal with that and accept that whether it goes good or bad, it's about like the journey of getting there, not just like where I end up at the end of it. I agree with that. And I think the biggest thing that I got out of that and Bobby's too is the commitment because I think that you can learn anything that you want. It's very inspiring. Um, but I think it goes back to school where I think the stuff that I struggled with in school was the stuff I didn't care about. And I think if I would have focused more on actually wanting to do it and learning more about it and taking the time instead of just saying, oh, it doesn't matter, like I'm not going to use this in my life later, I think that's a big thing. And that's the commitment part that you're talking about is actually getting down to it. And as I say this, I realize that it's got to be something that you actually enjoy, though. Like I'm not going to go learn trigonometry just for the fun of it because I think I need to know it I think it's something that you do have to be committed to you want it to help in your life you want to make a difference with it and I just think that with entrepreneurship it can be learned but yeah commitment is a huge part of it and you have to not just say I'm going to do this for the money I'm going to do this because I want people to think I'm successful you have to do it for yourself and you have to have a good reason why you're doing it well, I think commitment gets a lot. I think that's a good point too. Like, I think a commitment gets a lot easier when you're doing something you're passionate about, right? Like, it's still a commitment, but I think people like feel like they have a tough, much more tough time like delivering and like setting their mind to something when it's like, oh, I'm yeah. Like, if I told you like go learn trigonometry in a month, you'd be like, like f this, I don't want to do this. But if it was something you're actually passionate about, like it's not even seen as commitment. It's enjoy doing this. And I'm bought into doing that. Like, it's a lot different when it's like an exterior push for you than like an interior pull. And I'm not just saying for you, I think for anybody. Um, so I think like the commitments slash um, doing something that you're passionate about is like a huge, huge part of it because that makes the commitment a hundred times easier, at least in my opinion. One thing I wanted to touch on regarding entrepreneurship and if it can be taught, it can be learned, be born with it. Um, Bobby gave a good spiel on that. Similar to like other careers, entrepreneurship is concepts can be taught, but you can't learn everything from 
a classroom. You can't learn everything from someone teaching you it. You need to experience it. And that's, it, it goes for other career paths as well, like I was saying. Um, you can learn concepts, but you need to learn how to apply those concepts through experiences, in my opinion. And it helps um, learning through other people's experiences, but you really need to have those firsthand experiences in order to fully understand and fully know how to do it. Um, the other thing that I thought was very important, something that you that can be learned as an entrepreneur is, is soft skills. Um, I think we touched on though, is that kind of what you were referring to, Brady, when you said intangibles or what, what exactly were you referring to? Yeah, that's what, that's what I was taking from what Bobby said, like the, the soft skills, not like the, oh, I'm good at X or Y, like, yep. Right. So, yeah, I mean, things like um, communication just in general, um, it can be taught. However, I think it can be really solidified in um, firsthand experiences, um, ability to work as a team, again, you can get concepts, but you really need that experience to really understand how working as a team it, it goes and how you can be successful in doing so. Um, problem solving skills, a strong work ethic. Um, that's one that I feel like that one's a little more in your DNA than can be taught. I feel like a work ethic can be, can be built um, through maybe, in my opinion, failures. Um, for instance, um, if you experience a, ma a major setback or something like that and you get really discouraged and I don't know, for some people fail failures really motivate, it's kind of like fight or flight. Um, and some people really motivate, some people really discourages and they just shut down for those that get motivated. They might build that strong work ethic because they're motivated now. Um, so a strong work ethic is, uh, is maybe more of something that's more in your DNA, but, um, and the other thing that I think is really big and is really important, um, is the ability to adapt and be flexible. Obviously in life it's important, but as an entrepreneur, it is so important to be able to adapt. Adaptation in this field of work is, is so key because every day a new, a new thing's going to come up, a new issue's going to come up. You got to adapt. You got to prioritize what you're going to work on, and and that's something that adaptation needs to be learned through experiences. So I think there's there's a handful of things that yes, you can learn concepts to start off, but that firsthand experience is is definitely needed to really bring together that whole um, kind of knowledge of entrepreneurship and being successful within it. I really liked your last two, like the work ethic and the adaptability. Um, cause I think those are the work ethic one's really intriguing because that's such like a biological, like nature versus nurture. I don't know where I stand on that. Like, I don't know if work ethic can, I, that's kind of what I was trying to point out to Brandon's point was like, you do something you love. Like you don't think about it as like, Oh, I have a great work ethic to go do this. Right. It's just like, Oh, I like naturally more, more and am inclined to go do those things. But to some extent, it's like, I mean, everybody knows people that's like, I know someone that's like on one side of the fence, like would do anything, any time of the hour, like always going to get things done. And then, you know, the other side of the fence where it's like, don't know when things are getting done, like don't get tasks completed. Um, and I like, I, I'm not sure if that can be learned. Um, I think that's really interesting. And I, I think adaptability is a really good one because I think that's just influential for for anything in life where it's like, 
you have to be able to to change and adapt to whatever happens. And I think that happens more so in entrepreneurship than anything else. Um, so I think I, I really like that last one. I definitely think work ethic can be learned in my personal opinion. I think because I just can't imagine that being a part of your DNA. And when I think about work ethic, I feel like somebody's work ethic is just built up of a bunch of habits that they have built into their life that they just, they come to become, I mean, it just becomes the norm, right? I mean, if I look at who I was 15 years ago, if you had me sit down and build a company 15 years ago, my habits would have been like, no, I'd rather go sit on the lake or play basketball in the gym and not get the stuff done, you know? But over time, every year, I think I've built that habit more and more to actually work harder and get things done in a more timely manner, whatever it might be. I mean, I think it falls under the same category as like answering your phone. Like, I don't think it's in my DNA to answer a phone because I don't, I hate answering the phone. I hate responding to emails, but it's taken me a long time to develop the habit of answering the phone on the second ring or responding to an email within a couple of hours. Like, it's not in my DNA to talk to people, but I'm making it a part of my DNA, I guess. Right. Um, yeah. No, go ahead. I was just going to say to that to that point, yeah, I think... I wasn't trying to get that work ethic can't be learned. It's just, it's learned through different ways. I feel like, um, not through a classroom. It's learned through experiences. It's learned to, like you said, answer your phone. Um, it's learned through experiences and creating those habits. Um, but yeah, I didn't want to get kind of thrown off there and say that, but go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. I, I definitely agree with what you're saying though. Yeah. The work ethic has to be developed through out outside the classroom. You're not going to answer a bunch of questions and then have work ethic. I was thinking when, when Brady and Joey and Brandon were all talking about these things, I, I pulled up seven quotes that I look at probably, I don't know, a couple times a week, maybe when it comes to entrepreneurship. And I think they're kind of important when it comes down to learning to be an entrepreneur. And the first one is, I think, well, the first one is take a different path. And the quote that I have under that is creativity is the root of entrepreneurship. I actually have on the background of my computer, observe the masses and do the opposite. And I think like you guys were bringing up, like you have to be unique. You have to do, you have to go against the grain. You have to, and you're not always going to fit in. And that's something as an entrepreneur, I have to remind myself every day. That's something I had to teach myself because I definitely didn't think it was okay to go against the grain. Like I had to teach myself that that was the right thing to do if I tested it and did it right. The second one is start a business. And at one point I struggled to start a business and I look at Richard Branson's quote. He said, you don't learn to walk by following rules. You learn by doing and by falling over. And I think when it comes to entrepreneurship, that's really what he's getting at. You need to just start the business. And if you start it, then you can learn how to run a business. Until then, you'll never learn it. The third one I live by is stick with challenges. And Albert Einstein said, it's not that I'm so smart. It's just that I stay with a problem longer than anyone else. And that pretty much gets me through every day of entrepreneurship. Like, Every day that's a big old failure or something sucks and it's the worst week ever, 
I'm just sitting there thinking, you know, the only reason why we're going to make something work is because I'm going to stick through it the longest. Um, and I think that's something that can also be learned or a habit that can be formed. The fourth one is delayed gratification. And this isn't a quote, but it just, it's something that I write down all the time about Elon Musk. And for all of you guys that don't know, he's the founder of Solar City, SpaceX, Tesla. He created a challenge for a couple of months where he would only live off of a dollar a day to see if he had what it take. If, to see if he had what it took to be an entrepreneur that wasn't making it work. And I just think about that instant gratification. Even at this point, he was making millions of dollars and he chose to make less just to see if he could delay the instant gratification. And that's something you can teach yourself. And I think that's what you need in entrepreneurship. The fifth one is working in sales. And I think you need to learn how to work in sales. I think... The quote that I always read is, to me, job titles don't matter. Everyone is in sales. It's the only way we stay in business. And that's from Harvey McKay, good old guy that's on Christmas Lake. But I just think like that in itself, just understanding that if you're an entrepreneur, you just need to learn sales and you got a good shot. I think that should encourage people that it can be learned. The sixth one is help others with their business. And we've talked about this in the past when it comes to networking or mentors or anything like that. But Zig Ziglar said, you will get all you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. So if you help enough other, if you help other people enough, you're going to get what you want. It's just, it's the way it is. If you have a huge community that you're helping through your business, they're going to be there for you. And you always have to remember as an entrepreneur, it's about more than what you make. It's about what you bring to the table, the value you bring to the community. And the last one is just keep learning. And I think this is the final quote that really hits home for me when it comes to learning entrepreneurship. And it's not even from necessarily an entrepreneur. It's just Michelangelo said, I'm still learning right before he died. He was the best of the best. And he was the one that was still learning. So in entrepreneurship, you look at all these successful entrepreneurs, they all say their success is derived from all the books that they read, all of their constant knowledge that they take in. So that's where I think like entrepreneurship, it's just, it's learning. That's what it is. The person that can learn the most will win the game. And the person that learns the longest will win the game. I really like those quotes. Those are, uh, I, was, I was thinking about that one that's, the background on your computer and I don't want to get too off the rails here so let me know if this is a topic for a different time or what but I feel like it kind of fits in so observe the masses and do the opposite or something like that is it human nature to follow the masses or is it something that we've learned as as we've grown up in in at a young age through school through parenting um, or, or whatever, but following the masses is so common. Why do we do it? Is it because that's how we were brought up? Is that because that's what we learned or is it just human nature? I think it kind of fits in with what we're talking about. Let me know if it doesn't and we can talk about it some other time. I think it's, I think it's both. Like, I, I think, I think all through our lives, it's stressed to us. So it's something that's just like ingrained to us. But when you, and you think about it, like you think about it logically from a biological perspective, it would make sense to follow the masses like way back when, and this is probably getting off the rails, but like when there aren't that many people alive, like 
your chances of, of survival are going to be a lot higher when you're with a group of 20 people or 30 people than if you're like, I'm going to go rogue. I'm going to fight the dinosaurs and the woolly mammoths and like see if we make it. Um, so like biologically, I think that's I think that's true that it is that it is like part of us. Now, like with that said, just like a lot of diseases right now, just like like a lot of our own actions and like how we act. I think that accounts for like five to 10% of us following the masses. Like I think us following the masses, I'm curious to see what other people think. I'm guessing some people agree with me here, but I think it's just something that we are, it is ingrained to us from day one. Like don't stand out, don't be too loud. Like don't do anything that's gonna like draw too much attention to yourself. Like just be like everybody else. Like, you know, when people step out of line, it's like, why can't you just be like everybody else? Um, And I think that's why like, you hear about a lot of like really successful entrepreneurs that got like bad grades or got kicked out of classes or like didn't get along with like um, like their parent not their parents but like teachers or whatever they thought they weren't good pupils because it was like they were probably doing something different than the teacher who was teaching the other like twenty to thirty hundred other people and they're like why can't just just like be like everyone else like it's easier to say that right than to be like everybody like should utilize their own strengths and then I'm gonna like teach you all different things. You know what I mean? So it's a lot easier to do that like mass. Oh, everybody's the same, like go down the same path. And I think, especially for parents too, like it's a lot less risky to tell your kid like, Hey, just go to school, go to college, like get it, get a finance degree or get like a bio degree and go do like advanced learning to do like med school or whatever. Like it's very, you can do a very like safe route. And that's, I think what 99% of like people that go through school, I think that's what it's meant for is like, it takes the uncertainty out of like, oh, well, I don't know if I'm going to get a job or I don't know how I'm going to get my paychecks from like you go and get your CPA, like you're going to get a, you're going to get a good paycheck at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, so I think it takes away a lot of that uncertainty. And I think we're, we're taught that through school is like, go do one of those easy paths. Like I think I'd be hard pressed and it might be different for people on this call, but for people that aren't entrepreneurs, for parents to be like, yeah, like, don't go to college. And if you're passionate about something, like go start a business. I truthfully, I think there's very few parents that would go say that or teachers that would preach that. Like they would all say like, no, no, no. Like this is how you do it. Like you go to high school, you graduate, you go to college, then you either do like more learning or you go get a job. Like that's how it's done. Um, and I think for entrepreneurs, that's different. But in my opinion, I think you'd be hard pressed to find many people to say like, you should go against that path other than entrepreneurs saying that. Um, but I'd like to hear what other people think about that because I think it's a good point. Yeah, one point you made about um, that I didn't really think about was the parental role when you're growing up, um, how they think of it. They want you to be financially stable. They want you to get a good career and they want to set you off on the right foot to do whatever you want to do. And in their minds, and it could be right, it could be wrong, um, the best way to do that is to, like you said, go to school, get a degree, and then get a job in that field. And so, I don't know, maybe it's parents just looking after their kids and want, want, wanting them to get up on the right foot and not like right away, like, oh, no, you don't have to go to school. No, just do what you want. And just, you passionate about this? Go for it. I don't want you, I'm not going to stay in school. You can just... You can just run off with this. So um, that was an interesting point. I think that that plays a big role in it. And I think it's well-intentioned too, right? It's not like parents trying to eat you, right? Like, I don't think it's parents trying to say like, oh, like, I don't want you following your passions. It's just like, 
as a parent, if I have two roads and one's like, I know you can go to this good university, get it paid for, or like whatever, get it paid for, however, and then you're going to have a job at the end of it. That to me, that's safer than like, if I tell my kid, like, go follow his passion in four years, he fails. Like I might feel partially responsible for that. So I think like it is well-intentioned, but I agree with you that I, it, it probably forces a lot of people's hands on that. People like kids, like kids, as you're growing up, you just feel like, oh, that's what everybody does. So I'm really happy you brought up. I really had us explore more about observing the masses and doing the opposite. So I've actually had that quote on my computer for the last eight years. So I had it on my old computer too, because I actually believe schools kind of beat that out of you where you be like, I think they eliminate that uniqueness. And we've talked about this in the past, like, there's no way when you were a kid, you were like, I want to be an accountant. No, like I'm saying realistically. Yourself. No, but you didn't. Like, no one says that. Like, there's no way when I was a kid, I was like, I want to build a company that has to do with outsourcing innovation. I didn't. Logistics. Yeah, you know, like, as a kid, I wanted to do something with sports. And yes, I love what I'm doing right now, but I think if I didn't go through school and sports was something that people all recognize as something awesome to focus on, I think I would just focus on sports, figure out what I could do with it, you know? And I think that's the biggest thing where every kid has these ridiculous dreams, even if it, ha- even if it was something like being a firefighter or a police officer or something like that, but then they start to go to school and it's ingrained in you over and over again. It's drilled into you over and over again. This is how you should learn. This is why you're learning this. And you're learning this to have this cozy job in the future. And Brady, you can cut in really quick. Yeah, I was just going to jump in really quick because I, you might be touching on it. But I think a big part of this is like what society views as successful. You know what I mean? Like this is what we think is successful. So like, that's the path to, I won't say, yeah, I will say it. Like that's the path to average. Like if you want to get to like being safe and comfortable, take this path because this is what we consider successful. Like you can be super happy running a business that makes $20,000 a year. If that's like how you like to live, you know what I mean? But like as society, society would be like, Oh, that's unsuccessful. Like what, like push that to the side. And I just wanted to say that because I think you're you're right on track with that. Yeah, so I was actually, yeah, I was going to say that and I was actually going to go even a little deeper and a little harsher. And I'm sorry if there's any teachers that ever listen to this. But if you think about who does the best in school, the very best students are people that are students that might become teachers someday. They're the best students because they're the ones that want to learn. They're the ones that naturally understand every angle that the teachers are coming from. But, you know, for someone like me, if I'm sitting there in school and I'm thinking about, gosh, I want to build a $100 million, billion dollar company. When I'm listening to a teacher that's making $30,000 a year, has never started a company in their life, and they're trying to teach me how to live my own life, they're teaching me from their perspective. Like every teacher we've had since we were in kindergarten were people that are just trying to teach us from their perspective. 
if you think about your favorite teachers, they were usually adjuncts that had done something that was incredible, that got you super excited, you could relate to it, you wanted to learn everything possible from them. But the thing is, you, we didn't have a lot of those, those teachers, right? And so that's where I think like the schooling system from your adolescence kind of forced you into this thought process that really isn't your own original thought process. And so that's where I think like it's hard for all of us after 20 years of schooling to graduate from college and think, I want to do this original thing that was in my head. Like, how can you when everyone else is going and doing what you've been taught for 20 years? That's an impossible thing. That's such a hard task. And I think it's crazy too, because like, that I think that's hard for people that have done on like we've had a business we've we've like done we've been through that like we're doing it again and it's still hard like can you imagine the people that have never touched that like the 90 95% of people that have never touched a business or thought about it like how hard is it at 25 after never doing it never seeing it never seeing it being done to say like yep i'm going to abandon whatever like job i have or like whatever job i could have and like go just like start this thing like, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's just like beaten into us that that's like, that's not the way to go. So that's why I thought, Joey, I think it's just so important, especially since we're talking about if you can learn entrepreneurship, like the ability to learn commitment and then also learn or just be aware of the idea that you need to go against the grain at times. You need to do things differently and that's okay. I think you brought up a really good point because I think that gives you the best chance of succeeding as an entrepreneur because, you know, we don't need, the world is a messy place, right? And every single person in the world is trying to organize it or make it better in some way. The world doesn't become better by just creating the same services and the same products over and over again. The world only becomes better or more organized or more controlled when there's something new brought to the table. There's something new that enhances someone's life. And the only way that newness can be entered or created is by an entrepreneur going against what the masses tell him to do. You know? And that's where I think, like, then you have a real shot to become a successful entrepreneur. Like, you can just become an entrepreneur, but becoming successful, you're going to have to do it differently. There's one thing that I just wanted to kind of reiterate that you you said was in order to make the world better, you have to go against the grain. And that's kind of like, I don't know, I never really thought about it that deeply, um, whether you think that's deep or not, but it does seem kind of like, oh, if I just did this, if I just went to school, got a degree, got a job, oh, am I making the world better by doing what I do? And... I mean, some people definitely are. A lot of the time, it's just you're not really. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say you're really making the world like a lot better. And I don't know. This is just me thinking in my head what's going on right now. But um, yeah, that's kind of something that I wanted to reiterate and have our listeners really think about. And I have no idea what the right answer is to that, obviously. But I definitely see it. I think you can definitely still make the world a better place no matter what the job is or what you're doing, because you can always bring something unique to it. And you already know that. And 
you understand that. But I think the point that you're really making or reiterating is, are you really making like significant change that hasn't been seen? At least the way that I think about it is, yes, you can still do accounting differently than an accountant sitting next to you. And you can still make a big change in the world. Like you could be the best accountant in the world and you're going to make big change in the world just based off your principles or whatever else. But you know, you're only going to become the best accountant in the world is if your principles are so radically different than most accountants that the world hasn't really seen that type of accounting before, you know, and that's where it's really different and unique. And it's against what a lot of the accountants would be doing around you. And that's what's going to make you change the world, I guess. So like, I think you can do it in every career, but I still think you have to do it differently within that industry to make the change that you want to make. One thing I do want to say on the end of that, because I think that's an interesting point. I think like, I'm trying to think of how to best phrase this, because I agree with you, Bobby, that you want to do it like drastically different. I think you also have to like figure out where you provide value and like realize like where that is. Cause I think like that's part of like inadvertently, I think a lot of, a lot of careers, you could say like you're making the world or other people's lives a better place, like by the value that you provide. Like if you, if you're going above and beyond and, and, and doing things that are, that are vastly different. Um, I think the word like change the world, and maybe this is a topic too, is that like you to like change the world, you have to do all this stuff. And I think that, that that like up in the air idea like scares people or not scares people but I, I don't know what the right term is but I think like in my head it's like where am I providing value and to who am I providing value and like that's kind of what I think about more than like am I changing the world right now um, because I think a lot of people can get lost really quickly in a sandbox that big and I, I might be like all, like on my own on with this thought but that's kind of I've always like one like bro broken it down more because I think those like big immediately unattainable goals is just like people are like well I, like I can't shoot for that so like a lot of a lot of the stuff that I try and do is like where am I providing value is this the value that I want to be providing if the answer is no to that then you need to change something like things need to change you need to be taking some other path but like I think in any role like whether you're a doctor or like a garbage man or an accountant or a teacher or whatever like I think you can provide a ton of value to people and like make the world a better place without having to say like, I'm changing, like I'm quote unquote, like changing the world, but like you are making like the value that you provide to those people. And like that tangentially down the line does like change the world. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to like break it down into smaller pieces. If that makes any sense. But I still think if for you to, I mean, maybe you don't need to change the entire world, but I'm saying to still provide unique value to those individuals even if you're the garbage man or something like that you need to do things a little bit differently like if you just do the stereotypical pick up the garbage and drive away there's not going to be any value add to that customer or that individual i mean in comparison to any other garbage man but if that garbage man was going down the street and he was bringing the garbage to your door after he put it in his truck like making that extra, like, <laughs> I didn't mean put it into the door, but <laughs> bring it up to the door so you didn't have to walk to the end of your driveway. Like then that garbage man is bringing like a unique value add to his job where those individuals would be like, oh, that guy's sweet. 
He just brought the garbage all the way up my one mile driveway. Wow. <laughs> I, think, I think another thing with that too That's is sweet. like, is that is a huge value add is them bringing trash back to you. But I think another thing, and like these are like the videos that you see that um, that go viral is like, yeah, a garbage man is not the sexiest job ever, but the people that are making the best of it and waving to the like kids and like showing them that it is all right to have that job and like having the kids like go up and like give them a big hug and like say thank you is like that is providing value to them and that's showing others that even though it is a job that not everyone wants they're still having fun with it and they're providing value to younger kids and stuff like that so two two things to that the first thing i realized is it, i think it's just a play on words like you saying that someone's picking up from your front door versus like at the end of the street like to me that's not unique value that's just like doing your job better than someone else but so that's just like a play on words so what you're saying like we're saying the same thing um the second thing is I, the point that i was trying to make and brandon i think you you just brought it out is that like whatever it is you're gonna do, like be the best at it. Like if you don't wanna be the best at whatever it is that you're doing, then you shouldn't be doing that. And like, maybe maybe uh, there are people that disagree with that, but um, it, it like if you're an accountant and you don't wanna be the best accountant ever, then maybe like do something else. Like if you're like an entrepreneur and you're like, oh, I'd really rather be doing this, like whatever it is, garbage man, teacher, any profession, like I think the, the goal is what like providing unique value or whatever you wanna call it, um, is like being the best at whatever it is that you do. And I think that's what like provides the value is like you're setting the standard for everybody else, whether it's like you excelling way beyond what standard is or you doing it in a completely different way. I think it's you just like being the best in that field, whether you're changing it drastically or just doing whatever's being done way better. And that's kind of my thought of, of how I see it. Yeah, and I agree with that, but I still also think just the only way simply to be the best in a field is to do it differently than the people around you. I just, I don't believe it's possible for you to become the best in a field by just doing it the same as everyone else and putting in a couple extra hours. Okay. Like, I mean, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. So that's what I was just going to ask, like in like a professional sports setting. And I don't know, that's why I'm going to ask, like, does LeBron James, is he like unique? Or is he just like better than everyone else at what he does? And I'm not, I'm not asking this rhetorically. Like I'm asking seriously because I don't know. Like I know he is the best at what he does, but is it because he does everything so much different than all the other basketball players? Or is it just that he is way better at the other like skills? I don't know that question. That's why I'm proposing it to the group. That's a good point. Great point. Great point. That, that's why I asked. Is it maybe, maybe performance-wise? He's just better, but is it is in his like unique preparation of training and things like that that he's doing differently so he can perform better? I don't know. I guess there's different ways you can look at it there, but that's a great point. I was just, I was just curious because, and I think it's probably both. I'm just curious if it's just, like that's why I wanted to bring it up. See, my point would, or at least when I think of LeBron, and I think about like the clout around LeBron, right? Like he, it's his whole package. Like, Kevin Durant and LeBron are both really, really good players. But everyone still focuses on LeBron because not only is he unique on the court, he's created such a unique brand off the court 
as a business personality, as a philanthropist, as everything else. Now the world just follows everything LeBron does because LeBron is so much more than a basketball player. And so I, I think I think on the court, yeah, I mean, he's a gifted athlete. And I'm sure he does put in more time than other people. But I think what makes LeBron so unique and so sought after by people all around the world is everything that goes beyond basketball. And I think that's how like he's doing it different. He's one of the rare professional athletes that has a bunch of franchises, who has an enormous like media company, who has this and that, you know? And I think that's what makes him so I think that's what makes him a lot bigger than just basketball. That makes sense. I don't see I don't see any of the stuff off the court. Like I didn't know he had anything else off the court. Like the only person that I know that has like stuff like that is like MJ. You could say or at least like in my mind, like MJ did it differently. I don't know about like LeBron stuff. He probably is the same way. I just am not as ingrained with that. And that's what I was asking. So that makes yeah. sense. So that would be, that'd be my opinion because gotcha. like he, he now has a billion dollar media company like, and he has all these things outside of it. And I think that's where it gets like the non-basketball fans involved with who LeBron is. So I don't know. I mean, I think the sport thing is definitely a really good example because for sure. But like I just I guess I think about it in other perspectives too. Like the realtor that's the best in the country is not doing it like all the other realtors. Yep. You know? Yep. No, I'm I agree like, with that. that I was just yeah. That no, that's a idea. good point. But I guess to really sum it up though, all these things can be learned, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Can all be learned. And now Brandon will sum it up even better. All right. Yes. So that was a jam-packed show. I uh, I got a lot of notes from that one. So I hope everyone else got uh, got as much as I did. Hopefully more. But I mean, we started off with the big question of can entrepreneurship be learned? And it can be if you start down the right path without the ambition to make money. You got to look at the successful entrepreneurs and see why they became entrepreneurs. You got to see how we can make the best of them, learn from them. And I think the biggest thing we kind of touched on for a little bit was that it takes commitment. You have to throw everything at it and you have to commit to realizing those dreams that you want to achieve. Um, You need to have a growth mindset. You have to believe that you can do it. If you don't believe it, then no one else is going to believe it either. And another thing that we also talked about was observing the masses. We spent a good chunk of time on that. Um, We had Bobby's quote of observe the masses and do the opposite. We talked about that's something that is that ingrained in us or is that something that we learned? And you have to be aware of the idea that you need to go against the grain. This gives you the best chance to succeed and uh, you have to figure out where you provide value. That is the end of our show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Enjoy the rest of your week and thank you for listening.